Welcome everyone to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. My name is Colin and I am your host. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If you're a first time listener, welcome to the Modern Day Overthinker Podcast. Hope you enjoy it. If you're a returning listener, I really appreciate you. This episode is with Robert Jaynes, a.k.a. Uncle Cletus. If you know him personally, in the comedy community, that's what he goes by. He has many characters he plays on stage. He is a natural performer. Hilarious guy. But behind every comic, there is a little bit of pain. Or a lot of bit of pain. There's a lot of struggle. And we talked about that on this podcast. We talked about how he has turned his pain into positivity. positivity turning that negative energy into positive energy. And utilizing his higher power and other people and the planet to uplift himself and battle his mental illnesses. This was a great episode. I really, really love this guy. And... uh he also gave me one of the best compliments I've ever received, and uh, I will never forget that. So enjoy this episode with Robert Jaynes, a.k.a. Uncle Cletus. Cletus, he's uh, he's on fire. I mean, uh, work hard, play hard. Like I said, I do um, work in the community. Um, I like to describe myself as a Vietnam baby. I, I was born in '69. Um, I was uh, post uh, Jim Crow Mississippi. So let me close this door. Should should have been. Sorry about that. Oh, you're all good. You're all good. This is uh, perfect. Uh, it might not seem uh, seem cliche, but I dreamed about this moment, and uh, you know, so I'm really kind of stoked. Uh, I got a lot inside of me. Uh, I'm not gonna, you know, get too foreign. I'm gonna try to keep it domestic. Okay. Um, but I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of things, especially in the '70s. <laughs> especially in the '70s. '70s was. I mean, people think it's hard now. I mean, but we didn't have electronics and live in such a, you know, secular world back then. Information. Yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. But the 70s was a, it was a cool, it was, it was very mysterious. I mean, it's a lot of the culture. Uh, I grew up in East Moline. We moved uh, from Jackson, Mississippi when I was three years old. And I've pretty much been uh, in the Quad Cities all my life. I mean, I ventured off to different states and stayed for a while. Uh, got deep-rooted family in uh, <clears throat> North Carolina. Okay. Uh, I don't get back to Mississippi too much. I mean, <laughs> Mississippi's still Mississippi. <laughs> I've heard Mississippi hasn't changed a whole lot. No, it hasn't. It has, but it hasn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, so. But, uh, yeah, I'm local. Uh, I'm proud of it. 
you know. Uh, I just, um, I use, um, I guess, I'm not even going to say use comedy to as therapy, but that's how it all started. Yeah. You know, uh, it was a way to. You're not the first or last person to say that. You know, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joining the club. <laughs> yep. So, um, but yeah, I, you know. Um, Cause you've been doing comedy for. Less than a year. Yeah, I was going to say, you started after I did, and I've only been doing it for 18 months. So. Right. So, yeah. But yeah. something I've always aspired to do. I mean, yeah. you know, I remember reel-to-reels and, you know, cassette-to-cassette trying to, you know, make mixes and, you know, overdubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, getting bitten by Cheekin' Chong and Richard Pryor, George Carlin. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Steve Martin. Oh, Yeah. So, uh, that's just, I mean, Carol Burnett. I mean, I've heard she, the name. I don't know that one as well. If I saw the face, I'm better with faces. Yeah. She, she revolutionary revolutionized. Um, what would you say? Um, like not prop comedy, but just, uh, improv improv and, you know, sketch comedy. That's sketch what I'm comedy. Sketch comedy. Okay. Yeah, she uh, she's amazing. Uh, Tim Conway, uh, all the all the characters that she'd have on her show. It still comes on. It's a uh, reruns, and you know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, growing up in the '70s, it was like I could just remember uh, the smell of pork chops and sweet peas and rice and biscuits, and it'd be seven o'clock, and she'd be on ABC, and. Uh, she was amazing, so I put her up there with the Richard Pryors and the all the great comics, you know. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, hey, hey, you know, respect. <laughs> you know, respect. He's the best, you know. I, I his show spotlighted a lot of lot of comedians yes. that got real big. Yes. Um, my dad was telling me all about that. He's like, "Oh yeah, that show like you wouldn't have probably known about half these guys out yeah, there." Yeah, because he gave him a shot. Yep. You know, so um, I really enjoy uh, seeing people uh, happy and prosper. I mean, I'm going to get right into it mm-hmm. and let you know uh, with this whole this whole uh, part of being uh, using this um, to express things that's happened to me over the life with death, you know, um, and life. Mm hmm. It's helped me to be strong, stronger to have, you know, like I was uh, telling uh, Aunt Sue the other day, I said, you know, most of those, uh, most of the homeless people in in, in the major cities, they were all Wall Street. They were all rich people from the burbs who, you know, when the bottom fell out, they didn't know how to survive, you know. It's like I tell, I, I raise my kids. I give them street knowledge and book knowledge, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, we'd hang out down in the hood. You know, I'd show them different places, different spots in the 90s. And then we'd also go to the nice neighborhoods, go to the park, you know, mm-hmm. nature trails and things like that. And I tried to instill within them, you know, you got to know both sides of the of the coin. Oh, yeah. So... And that's what helps me and has helped me get over my mental illness. 
and my PTSD and, you know, bipolar and a slight schizophrenia, you know. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. Uh, third grade, Mrs. Larson's class, she's reading Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And where was this? This is uh, East Moline. Wells, Wells, Wells Elementary, East Moline. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know if I can say that, but I'm going to keep it real. That's fine. Um, so she's reading the the book, and uh, I just start cracking up laughing just along with all the other kids sitting on the on the floor listening mm-hmm. to this amazing, this amazing. Uh, we got a little background music. Yeah, some disco. You got some disco going on? <laughs> it's your phone. <laughs> so, um, and it was a part when Grandma Ma, Grandma Moses or whatever, Grandma Geraldine, I don't remember their names. Yeah, yeah. But they were, you know, he came home with the ticket, you know, and they jump on the bed, you know. And, and I was like, everybody was laughing because it was funny how she was describing the story. She's narrating this beautiful book. And I said, oh, my God. And I'm third grade. 1978, nine. And she said, what did you just say? And I was like, oh, my God, it was funny. Ha, ha, She says, get yourself out of class right now, mister. I'm like, what, 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 what? What did I do, you know? Yeah. So to just to put a pin in that, if they had any kind of um, how the lawsuits and the defamations and things they got going on now – I'd be a trillionaire. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's like we'd watch, I remember the the miniseries, Alex Haley, Roots, tonight on ABC. And so, you know, uh, we watched that as in the 70s. I mean, we, you know, we were being bused to, a, um, I'd say, more predominantly white school. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, we. Um, I lived on in the project area you know, of East Moline. And so we got to go on top of the hill to school and everything was just, you know, lovely. But that night, you know, they played that movie, that historical movie roots about slavery and things like that. And, uh, you know, in a cinematic form, but then we went to school the next day and in music class, we're like singing old Negro spirituals. (laughs) This really happened. This is a thing. Is interesting. So, how does that tie to mental illness? For me to still be able to remember that and to have it affected me, and I wouldn't say in a negative way, mm-hmm. but it helped me to understand people and the mind and your soul. You know, whatever you got going on, you know, if you strengthen your soul. That's something that you can never, I mean, that's, that's how I feel. That's my philosophy. You know, if you, I don't know if you say your higher power or whatever you got going on, if you can believe in yourself, you know, no mm-hmm. matter a thousand times people are putting you down and whatever, you know, or you dealing with death or sexual abuse or anything that you've dealt with in your life, mm-hmm. if you hold on to your soul, all that other stuff doesn't matter. That's true. Yeah. So, but I didn't mean to take over it. I mean, I just, no, I'm, I'm letting you know who I am off, off stage. This is who I am. Yeah, for sure. I want to ask you about the, the mental illness diagnosis. Are these diagnoses that you had, like, it's obviously growing up in the seventies, they 
probably didn't have a lot of diagnosis that they were just given people at that time. No, not at all. I so mean, you probably found this out a little bit later in life. Yeah, it was about four years ago. Um, I was working at a warehouse in uh, Milan, and uh, I hurt my back. Okay. And I'd already had been in the system uh, as far as, uh, I say in the system, I was already being diagnosed with having back pain. Okay. You know, uh, but I didn't have good insurance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was it, was, it was like a, it wasn't a temp job, but it was in that nature, you know. I mean, slave labor for real. I mean, when you're in a warehouse working seven days a week, you know. Oh, yeah. You, you hate that shit. Excuse me. That's fine. So, um, I think I've only had one episode where nobody cussed. Oh, <laughs> trying so. to be nice. I just, you know, proper yeah. etiquette, you know. I get it. Etiquette. So, uh, so anyway, to fast forward things, um, I had already had uh, an appointment to go see um, Genesis, you know, to check out my back, you know, and get um, x-rays and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, that led me into, since I got hurt at work, you know, I didn't, I didn't have really good insurance, but I was able to have state insurance, you know, low income. Yeah. And uh, so that kind of, I couldn't work. I couldn't make no money. And there's no unemployment. There's no workman's comp because, you know, just the kind of faction that I was working at. Mm. So uh, I said, I'm going to apply for disability. You know, I'm, I'm 50. You know, I know I'm not. 65 or whatever, but I don't feel good. My back's hurting. I'm in, it's inflamed every day. So I went through the motion. I did everything I was supposed to do. I, uh, set up an account online. I started, uh, communicating with, uh, with the government, social security. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they sent me to see, um, somebody, you know, uh, a therapist, Mm -hmm. um, and I already had, I want to backtrack a little bit, already had um, kind of been talking to someone. You know, when you have stuff at, when I, um, my previous job, I had, uh, they had when you could talk to people uh, with work, you know. Employee assistance program. Employee, yeah, yep. EA, EPA or something like that. EAP, yeah. EAP, yeah. So I got off into that. And so, but the thing is, there was a record of that, the meet that I had been going so when the government asked me for all the paperwork, any kind of medical records, whatever, so I turned it all into them. Okay. So we started uh, having a relationship. They wanted me to go see their doctors. So when I um, went to see the state uh, therapist, I sat down with her and, you know, uh, along with uh, writing out, you know, what I could and couldn't do and mm-hmm. how I felt about things. You know, they're, you know, assessing everything. Um, they were like, oh, yeah, you're diagnosed. You, I can, you're bipolar, you know. I already knew that, you know, the highs and the lows. Uh, you, you already knew you are just never been diagnosed. Never been diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. So after I was diagnosed by this, uh, you know, the state-licensed uh, therapist, you know, they was like, well, Here's your check. You qualify. You're, this is so. Basically, what I'm saying is, they, after all these years, sitting down with this lady, you know, and and communicating with 
uh, Utah, where the head office, you know, for, was handling my case, they were, you know, well, we need you to go to this therapist now, you know, keep doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I have been doing it. I've continued to this day, you know, to, uh, I don't get into the, you know, Cairo as much or the physical therapy like I did before, but, um, you know, I guess I've stopped going to the suites, uh, you know, on the boulevard and, and going to the stage. Okay. And whatever I have picked up or learned, I mean, I'm real quick when it comes to, I'll write a song, I'll look in the crowd, you know. That's where all that comes from. Yeah. You know, I try to also uplift people. You know, I shout out to people, you know, just to yeah, fellow comics. You have good energy and you bring it out. You bring the best out of the crowd, which is always awesome because not everybody can do that. Not a lot of people can do that. That makes me feel good, man. Yeah, that's awesome. It's uh, something because I can, I can write. I can write my ass off, but... When it comes to the stage presence, that's something I'm working on. It's like delivery and things like that. I'm, right. Like, I'm watching like clips that, you know, Brandon's film for me. Like, like it's like I'm watching like game film. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're like, what am I? Okay. Let me do that. That needs to, I need to change that. Oh, I'm not looking at the crowd enough. Stuff like that. Just noticing those things. Right. And, uh, trying to really, uh, you know, hone in on the craft of yes. it. And um, like I said, I had a lot of teachers. I mean, I there was a lot of raw. I mean, the people that we've named, you know, and and then also, uh, I come from a family of weirdos. <laughs> I mean, my mom and my grandma were two of the funniest people I ever met in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. They were countries. My grandma, a country slack jawed, buck chow in her mouth and smoking a cigarette drinking on old milwaukee i mean that was my grandma yeah you know and but she said things that were funny and she was quick and i guess it was instilled in me and yeah i get that you know so i can get up on the stage and sometimes i have a little bit too much liquid courage but um that's all me man that's you know since i've met uh sue aunt sue um she allows me to you know she's my muse she really some of these later characters i've come up with it's all been her i've been feeding off of her and that's why we gel so well Mm -hmm. you know i mean we might be opposites attract you know whatever but um that really inspires me i mean she loves all you guys i mean you know she and that energy that feeling her love for for us this little community we got it just makes all the better you know yep her, her, and Christina, man. Oh yeah, she, Christina. They're that. Uh, they're. I. We call them. Uh, her and Brian. Uh, comedy royalty. You know. I mean, they have. They're special people. You know. To all them guys. I mean, I don't even want to start name dropping. You know. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot of them. Yeah, you know, and I don't want to miss nobody. So, yeah, yeah. I know what uh, you're saying. But I'm kind of nervous. You know, I kind of. You know, I thought about a lot what I wanted to talk about, but I, I mean, this is you. I want to hear what you, if you got some, you ask me something, I'll tell you anything you need to know. Well, uh, when it comes to the highs and the lows and dealing with that, what's your best approach? I mean, besides obviously doing the comedy, I know the comedy helps for you, but like, you know, just like talk therapy or just talking to people about it or, 
you know, trying not to isolate? What's kind of some things that you've, or staying busy? What's kind of your approach there so you don't get stuck? Uh, I talk to everybody. Yeah. I, from the bagger at the grocery store to the homeless guy, yep. I'm in the mix. Mm-hmm. And I feed off of this planet, mm-hmm. Colin. Yeah. Uh, I believe in my higher power. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can call him whatever you want to call him. Yep. I, uh, every day I do a daily verse and I believe in what I'm reading. And uh, I'm not going to get religious or anything, but I'm quoting, you know, uh, two or three assembled in his name, you know. So every morning, you know, our chime goes off, me and Sue together, I got another person. So not only do we, you know, it's not that we're going out Bible thumping and being Jehovah's Witnesses, but just from, you say that energy yeah. that I do that I, on stage, I do that every day. It's like the whole world is a stage. Yeah. You know, and I, that's how I deal with it. You know, uh, we, we have all obstacles, you know, and that's where we have to, that's where I, and we have started to, you know, we were putting our faith in what we're reading every morning, you know, and so we just brush it off. Good morning routine is very important. People talk about that. People have talked to me about that a lot. I've had a lot of guests that have told me about having a good routine. And uh, I've been trying to implement that. I'm just, I wouldn't say I'm not a morning person. Well, historically, I'm not a morning person. I would like to become more of a morning person. I'm working on it, but it's just like, yeah, I deal with depression. So it's hard for me to even get out of bed. Like in that first just getting out of bed is like a huge step for me. And once I'm out of bed, then things progressively will go up. But that just that first initial, like, you need to get the hell out of bed. You got shit to do. Yeah. Just that first initial. Because bed's like comfort, like, you know, yeah. safe space. Safe. Yeah. Do you talk to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes not very positively. I'm working on that, too. Yeah. And um, that's something I'm learning from from therapy and also just talking to other people and people telling me, you know, hey, uh, you don't see yourself the way that we see you. I've noticed that um, because I put myself in a very, I put my own self on this, this pedestal that if I'm not doing this, if I'm not doing that, then I'm failing. And it's very like, I set myself up for failure all the time Yeah, by doing that. I'm learning that, and I'm getting better at it. Like the, la- like the last uh, Stardust show, I didn't have the turnout that I, that I had, like the first one, and I was, I was pretty pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I wasn't really pissed. I was upset, and it just really got to me. I was like, this is a failure. This is your fault. You didn't do enough. Something, you know, whatever it was, I just was like, could not accept it at the time. And then eventually I slept on it. The next day I was like, sometimes you just got to sleep on something. Exactly. And the next day I was just like, you know what? So many people have told me that have done shows that, you know, especially that second show, people have told me about like the second show, like not curse, but like just... It can happen because you get a lot of hype from the first show. 
which I did. I had a great turnout. And then the second show, it, was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad turnout by any means. That's what I had to look at. I was like, if you compare what I re- realistically wanted for the first show, that happened the second show. Right. So it's like. Win-win. Yeah. You got it. It's just like, just stuff like that. And, uh, you know, looking at the, the positive side of it. Instead of just honing in on the negative, or even, and usually there's a lot less negative too, and there was a lot less negative there. And I found myself doing that with, you know, with everything. I do that with all the, I psychoanalyze and I overthink everything. That's why the podcast is not everything. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, that makes total sense now. I get it. Yeah. Thank you for enlightening. Yeah. Yeah. That is why, because when I used to, uh, I used, I used to be on Twitter a lot more than I am now. I don't really like it as much as I used to. But when Twitter was first coming around, uh, Twitter was pretty, uh, it's still raw, but it was a lot more raw back then. And people would just share that's just the deepest shit. Oh, yeah. Whatever was going on, especially especially late night Twitter, it got really real. And I'd be up, you know, this was back when I was drinking and stuff. And so I'd be up like saying all kinds of crazy shit. But, uh, not necessarily uh, more in risque, just more risque, risque. Yeah. or stuff I wouldn't have normally put out there. Yeah. And I remember randomly, I would just randomly tweet modern day overthinker when I was like in really weird spots and rough spots. And when I was just like freaking out about something or just like couldn't get something on my head. And when I, when it came time to, Originally, this was going to be just a blog. It wasn't even going to be a podcast because I like writing too. Right. But then I was like, you know, the podcast thing seems like a better idea. And I could talk to people. And I like talking to people. I like getting to know people. I'm like, let's just do that instead because people are, blogs are, you know, I've done blogging. I've done that in the past. And it's just not as rewarding for me. And this just seems like a much better format and something I can continuously do. And it's something that I can't really, you know, everybody's got a story, man. Everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody's got something to say. Everybody's got struggles that they've had to go through. And I want to be able to share that with other people because there's going to be at least one person that listens to this episode or any of my other episodes and just like, oh, man, I totally get that. You know? Right. So I have something relatable for people. And, uh, you know, I try not to get hung up on statistics and, like, this episode didn't get this many hits and that that one did. I don't yeah, know. you get, you know, always, this is what I say. If you, even with this comedy thing, if, if one person, just one person thinks what I said Laughs. was funny. Yeah, it's a win. It's a win. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into you know doing more stand-up i want to be behind the scenes i want to i want to help motivate people you know that's the hype man the hype man yeah yeah there you go. that's me you know um i got a question for you do you love yourself i do i do i'm at the point where i finally am at that point where i can say that i love myself every day I don't know about every day though. Yeah, see that that's the key, man. You fall in love with yourself, man. I'm not trying to say be uh this is what what it works for me, not yeah. being cocky or overconfident, but I love Robert Terrell James. I mean, I really love me. You know? 
And I always tell people, you know, I've come into contact with other people who say they loved me, but they didn't love their self. You know, how do you, how does that work? Oh, I've gotten I've gotten into that situation. You know? Yeah. So, but uh, that's what I'm all about, man. Um, I just want to, you know, when I first came in, you know, I, you know, was a little erratic and I maybe I should have uh, said things I shouldn't have said being on the air and all that, you know, being doing the podcast. But the bottom line is, you know, when I say I love somebody, you know, I really generally feel them. You know, and I try to pass that along, like we were saying with these scriptures that we read every morning. You know, it actually works. I mean, I know a lot of people are, I want to say, atheists or antichrist or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I believe in something. And I've I've I put my trust into him and I've asked him for things. Mm-hmm. And he's delivered. Yeah. I mean, you know, I got into a real bad, you know, uh, I was in a bad situation with my daughter and her old man. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was terrible, you know, police and mace and all that, you know, domestic. And, um, it hurt me real bad. You know, my granddaughter was like three years old, two and a half, three years old, you know, and, um, you know, we were estranged, you know, she wasn't coming or calling and, you know, we were just, it was about her old man, but that's her man. So she took his side, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So that hurt me real bad. Those are rough situations. That's really rough. But I prayed about it, man. I asked, I said, please let this work. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't care what nobody says, you know, um, and I believe and being righteous and being good, what I what I want to kind of say is, um, you know, be nice. Yeah, just be a good person. Be a good person. Yeah. You know, if you be a good person, it that's how it was with what you going through. Because I, I, my mind still races, and that's mm-hmm. the bad part. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't take medicine. You know, just for you know diabetes and heart. You know, cholesterol. Yeah, yeah. But other than mind altering, you know, it has to be grown from out of the ground. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, not man made. <laughs> I get it. So, um, I know a lot of people like that, and it works for them. Oh yeah, you know, it just, you know, it helps. You know, but uh, like I said, I, 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 when I say I love me, you know, like I said, I'm not being co- uh, conceited or nothing like that or cocky, but it helps me to to uh fight the darkness fight oh, yeah. fight the depression you know like um if i get down i get really down to where i'm not going to leave the house yep you know doors are locked blinds are drawn and you know whatever um you know but i had to wing myself off of that cuz i'll be contradicting myself i'll be an oxymoron if i say well i'm going to pray and ask for things from the you know from my higher power help me through the struggle you know always say don't make it easy for me give me strength to be able to go through anything so i stop and i say hey wait a minute stop asking for specific things and asking for strength just strength you know so when something does happen 
I get a flat tire on the freeway or, you know, I'm thinking about some bad stuff to happen, girlfriends and life and the world. I stop and I'm like, no, I'm not going to let it happen to me today. You know, it's like when I get up, man, like you said, that comfort zone, I don't want to get up. Oh, I love to sleep. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I talk to myself as soon as I get up. Especially I, with this weather, man. Oh, oh. man. You just want to lay back. Uh, yeah. Yep, you still yep. got the window open, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's it, man. I mean, the, you know, uh, a lot of the tragic things that I've seen at a young age with death, you know, and, uh, you know, my mother passing away and I'm trying to give her CPR, you know, uh, three years after that, my wife at the time died. And then two years after that, my son died. So I got all this weight happening. That all happened within a four year period, ten, about 10 years. About it, 10, was about, it was still, all, all together, yeah. but still, you know, but, and people, it was funny how, how uh, long were you married? We was, uh, we were together about 10 years but we was only married for like three years okay you know that's a good amount of time uh, though well yeah i mean and that's another thing you know we weren't in love we was co-workers we had a kid and decided well let's try to play family oh gotcha gotcha you know what i'm saying so it was a, it was a mess all together and mm-hmm. she had a really huge family i mean huge but i stuck by her through you know uh heart transplants and you know, I was there for her. You know, and we. You played we, the you played the role. Yeah, and but at the end, we weren't together. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, we we just weren't fit. You know, I, I was burnt out. You know, that's the thing. People don't people don't understand. You can get burnt out. I mean, I, my strength was there. You know, at the time, I wasn't on my uh, spirituality like I should have been. But I, a lot got drained out of me. Yeah. You know, and I could just remember people trying to make you cry. Let it out. Let it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm not ready to let it out at that time. Yeah. You know, there was a moment when I, when I thought about it, you know, but I guess I've built up a resistance over the years to not like, when I was 11 years old and my great auntie was in the hospital and we were all around her, she was old, you know, and, but she was, you know, still had life in her. She just was, it was her time. Yeah. So we're all in the hospital room and then she dies right there while we're just right there, you know, next to her. Yeah. So that does, you know, all this little things, you know, well, major things that could happen in one's life is what I'm trying to get at, you know, you don't just hold it all in. You learn to, you know, deal with it a little at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I've done. I've learned to deal with it a little at a time. Yeah, holding it all in. It is not good. Not good. You know, but when I could uh, change up the feeling, you know, well, you're on stage talking about all kind of crazy stuff, you know, being a comedian, all this, and that, how is that helping with your mental illness? Well, you know, it's a joy to, like, just go 100 miles an hour and not care. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. You know, and I'm not the type of guy who cares when somebody oh, he's a jerk or whatever. You're not funny. Who cares, man? This is all for me. 
Yeah. You know, it's a plus if I could come up with some characters and, and sing a song. It just all, it's all the better. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Like, I feed off of other people. I feed off you guys. You know, it's the energy. It's the, you know, you guys are all 20 and 30-somethings, you know. There's a few out there my age, you know. But even them, you know, I just. You met Chicken Bone yet? Yeah. Chicken Bone's a shit. Did we? Yeah, he was at Yoshi's. Right on. Yeah, the little, she's shorter guy. Yeah, shorter guy. Yeah, yeah I know. Right, right, right. Okay, I got you. So yeah, he's you know um, he's start. I, hopefully, I see him around a little bit more. Yeah, I saw him. Obviously, he he knew Brad really well, and uh, yeah, he showed up for the benefit, uh, and he did some time there. And oh man, that guy is funny as hell. Yeah, he's very funny. Yeah, you know, um, I don't even know his real name, and I don't care because it's, it's yeah. just chicken bone, man. The crazy thing is, the day of Brad's uh, wake. Another dude's claimed to be chicken bone. You remember that? The guy goes, oh, I'm chicken bone. I'm like, and then I met the what? real chicken bone. I was like, what just happened here, you know? You got posers? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he was just, I don't know if he was drunk, you know, or what, but it was just weird because I actually met the guy. Stevie Moe was drunk. No, yeah. <laughs> Stevie Moe. Yeah, oh, yeah. and I do notice that, you know, you're talking about the uh, attendance at the last show. Everybody's starting to have their own stuff, man. I get that. I mean, this little town, this little area, the Midwest, everybody's popping up with clubs, you know, having their own. Like, when you, when I seen you at the Stardust, I'm like, man, would you look at Colin? What? You know, and then I know other people do have their own venues. Bootleg does their thing. Broken Saddles and the Yoshis. Everybody's getting their little, you know, whatever. You know, and then venturing out of town to the Bukes and the Cedar Rapids and Bloomington, or whatever. You know, yeah, and Austin's doing stuff in his hometown, and right. You know, so everybody's kind of doing stuff. You know, and I think that's great. And uh, you know, yeah, I like the I I res- I have a lot of respect for the dudes out there like that are really just hustling. Oh yeah, they be hustling too. Uh, yeah, going I, everywhere. I can't hang, man. I mean. I don't know. I just I do plan on we do plan on making some trips, uh, heading out uh, Des Moines and a couple places. We're gonna like spend a whole weekend, a whole week, like yeah. take a, take a whole week off. And I guess what Des Moines you could you could do uh, hit a spot every night. Oh yeah, and, Des Moines, uh, Chicago. You can hit two spots a night. Oh man, I look. Hey, I was in Chicago. Hey, yeah, Chicago is crazy. I found uh, an Instagram and they have like the. They have an updated spreadsheet of the, all the open mics. Oh, wow. So, yeah, if you ever really? go to Chicago, let me know, man. Uh, my brother lives there, so I've been trying to get some time off to right. do that. But, yeah, you can literally pop in uh, and do, like, a mic here and then go down the street and do another mic. It's crazy. Yeah. New York's like that, too, but New York's, well, New York's like comedy capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'll, I'll, stay, I'll, stay, I'll stay home. <laughs> I don't think – I mean, if – if something happened and when I did something that would click and somebody would like, oh man, you know, let that is keep doing that, you know, and and time and work, you know, I just, I mean, back to the we can go back to the how you know I was I was diagnosed how I got diagnosed, yeah, know, being with the state, you know, that finally ended, you know, and I started back working again, you know, but that's how 
I was diagnosed by, um, I had episodes when I was younger, you know, I mean, I went to Vegas. I lived in Vegas for a while. And, uh, when I came back, I was, I, I, I had to decompose. I mean, decompress, you know, I was just so hyped from being out there and different down there, different you know, energy. Yeah. And I tried to kill myself. I mean, I, I took some pills. I, I drank some stuff. And uh, I broke my mom's heart. I mean, she rushed me to the hospital. You know, they went through the whole thing. And, you know, but even then, you know, um, I mean, I I think I stayed overnight. You know, I mean, it was an episode there as well at the hospital. Yeah. You know, and. Um, when was, how long ago was this? This uh, had to be, ooh, baby, 20 some years. Okay. Because my son is. uh he passed away when he was 21, and it's been two years. So, like, maybe 23 years, 24 years ago. So you have a son and a daughter? My my son passed away, yeah. and my daughter lives in North Carolina. She okay. has two, uh, two grandkids, and then uh, my son had a daughter here, uh, you know, who survived him, you know. So a lot of stuff went through my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people I've heard that go to a big city and then come back home, they have, get, they feel weird, you know, they need a time to, you know, because I know when I was a kid, I'd always go to Chicago for the summer, you know, to the big city and you know, hang out with my cousins and listen mm-hmm. to house music on the roof and drink yeah. Cavassiers and just be a fool, you know, young, I'm a kid. So get a fresh haircut, you know, yeah. go to the swap meets, get some fly clothes. Oh, yeah. And come back to the Quad Cities, and I was the biggest, baddest ass around in the neighborhood, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, you know, that passed. That passes, you know. But I'm, I, I want to th- thank my creator for allowing me to have a memory. Mm, See, yeah. having a memory, it's a blessing and a curse. But, Colin, I tell you, there's little little things that I captured over my 53 years that helps me to get out of bed every morning, to, to go that extra mile, to play hurt, you know, when you know you're hurting, but you're still going to put on that face, you know? And again, energy from others, you know, I capture the energy from my, I don't, I don't like negative energy. I don't like that. It breaks you down. You know, mm-hmm. I, I believe that there's, and I'm going to get a little deep, and I'm going to leave it alone for a minute. No, we can get deep. We can get deep. I believe there's agents of good and evil on this planet. Mm-hmm. Okay? And they're at work every day. They punch in every day. You know? It takes me back to an old Looney Tunes film that used to come on in the mornings where the coyote and the hound dog or the sheep dog would punch a clock every morning. And he'd go down and try to get the sheep, and the dog would whoop his ass. And then at the end of the day... He punched a card, and the dog would punch. See you tomorrow, Ralph. See you tomorrow. You know, I believe that they're, and I'm, I'm, I'm making it plain, but there is spirits out here in this world that are trying to, you know, to destroy us, to destroy the the good people, mm-hmm. you know, or people in general, you know. And I've tapped into that. I mean, I see things with these algorithms, you know, all the the negative things that are, you know, pulling us into into the secular society to where when we 
need to get out of bed or need to go that extra mile or is this show going to go, go good or, you know, there's little things, little agents in there trying to mess up your day, mm-hmm. try to knock you off your block. You know, that's how I feel. That's how I've been able to deal with my mental illness. You know, I'm still that quirky guy, you know, but I'm going to use that quirkiness. Like I tell Mr. Brian Farrell, you know, when he, when I first started watching him do comedy and he'd have, and, and, uh, he'd, he'd be flipping and having, you know, nervousness. I said, that's all part of it. You know, I wish I had that. If I could use my, and I, and I just, you know, worked it up a little bit, but to have that nervousness, that's comedy too. That's therapy, you know. Yep. I believe eighty percent of the people who got into comedy is for therapy reasons, not to be stars. Yeah, I'm not in it to be no. You know, I mean, if it if it works out, me getting paid, hey, that's right? Cool. That's but, cool. That's uh, cool. But yeah. no, nah, I do it to get, and it's something that you can continuously get better at. Oh yeah, and I've seen you get better over the times, and you know, and. <laughs> Me and Sue talk about. I try to introduce her to all everybody at the little shows and whenever get her to know people, you know, because you know that's me. That's who I am. I try to, you know, I try to spread that love. And uh, through all that, we uh, get to talking sometime about clicks. <laughs> we get to talking about clicks and everything, and uh, not to, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, just because I'm on the modern day overthinker. I'm gonna tell you like it is, man. You one of them cats that. How I was putting it the other night, uh, not, um, oh man, I was I was shouting out all you guys' names, but I was saying uh, Renaissance. You a Renaissance guy, even though you've been in the game as short as you have. There's a presence about you that that I'm I'm letting you know about that you're a Renaissance guy, man. There's not too many of you guys that we've met, you know, but you're. When we see you perform, we just see you in public, you know, and we need other people like this around us. I'm not saying yes men or yes women or somebody to boost our egos at every day. Yeah. But we need to be around individuals that's going to lift us up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we shout straight Jack, 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 Jack. You know, that's just something I hope it don't offend you. No. But no. that's uplifting you, man. That's us. I'm passing my energy on to you and hoping I get it back. You know, that's how. I deal with depression. That's how I deal with thinking about, you know, losing my family members or, you know, just the world in general, government and the conspiracies and asteroids flying towards earth and nobody even really concerned about it. You know, world war three, you know, world war three and all this craziness, you know, it's all Hollywood to me. I look at it as Hollywood. We, we keep up on the news and we try to stay, you know, with everything. But at the end of the day, you know, it it affects us, but what are we going to do about it? You yeah, know, we can continue to live, you know, and and keep going. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Know. I want to ask you because uh, you sh- you should not get offended by this, but you are have been my. My oldest guess. So I have to ask about so what have you seen change the most out of the span of your life as far as like with society 
in the 53 years that you've been here? Technology. Technology. It, it's just been it's insane. It's a, it's a gift and a curse. I mean, yeah. you know, I just seen how that has, I mean, it's revolutionized the world and everything like that, but it is our biggest downfall. Technology is our biggest downfall. You think with, uh, because of communication or just the constant um, distractions or distractions, the garbage. I was trying to, I was trying to write something to, to say on, on, on this show here, but it's coming down to it. It's, that's what it is. The, 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 it's the garbage, man. It's, you know, each year it gets, there's more and more distractions. Mm-hmm. It's the, the distractions, you know, if we weren't living in such a secular world with so much technology and all that, you know, uh, we would be able to uh, counter the the darkness. See, that's what I do. I don't let that, you know, seep into you. Because every day, every, everything is all negative driven. I mean, I love sports. I love them to death. But even the act of competition is causing the society is weak minded, weak souls. We are not we're we we haven't we've advanced. The plastic has advanced, but we as people hasn't advanced. You know, like I was just talking to uh, Aunt Sue the other day about I want to do the animals advance. Obviously now you just hit a deer, boom, they just running out in the street. But have mankind advanced just because we can make a tiny phone out of a piece of dirt, but we haven't, we can't, we ain't, we're not keeping up, you know, whatever that, that wheel is rolling. We're still going like this, you know, anytime you got something distracting you when you walking down the street or where you're driving and you're looking at your phone and you're trying to read something and you totally get taken off of reality. Reality. So I guess that's the word I like to use, secular world. You know, the 53 years, the oldest guess, what I've seen, technology is is nasty. I want to live out in the country and the farm with no electronics so bad. You know. Go out to Montana or something. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go to Montana, but <laughs> I probably, you know. I don't know. Eh, the West, uh, everybody's look, I'm telling you this. You'll you'll repeat this later on. In about 10, 20 years from now, the Midwest, especially the Quad Cities, is gonna be flooded with people. Yeah. Think so? It, I I mean it's it it's been doing Oh yeah. It's been doing well. I mean, yeah. as far as growth. But the thing is Why do you think that just that because go everybody's leaving the I mean, disasters for one. The California's West, on fire. California's on fire, Florida's flooding. The East Coast is getting all kind of craziness from Hurricane this one and that one, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and people are just drawn into the middle. You know, that's what you're going to have to do if you if you believe the if you believe Hollywood and all these Geostorm movies that are coming out. And because my great great grandmother said a long time ago, she says, "Art imitates life; life imitates art." I didn't get it back then. Yeah, but I get it now. Everything visually we're seeing on, you know, these major movies and everything, you know, it seemed like they're, you know, coming, like Law and Order, we're coming from the headlines, you know. 
it's it's just a lot of garbage, man. And uh, with the people, uh, with the environment, the way it is, like right now, I'm I'm having deja vu sitting here because I'm thinking about, you know, at work I have the the luxury of having a couple computer monitors going, and I got one. Oh, once you have more than one, you can never go back. Yeah, it's I'm game it, changer. Yeah, it's a game changer. I love it. Yeah. So I got a screen with. Uh, NASA tracking uh, the asteroid, but everybody's talking about January sixth. <laughs> you know why are we still talking? Wait, anyway, no, anyway that's a whole other show, right? Yeah, that's a whole other show. It's like, yeah, yeah. So basically, to answer your question, mankind not knowing how to use the technology and the power that he has. There's so much power in it. So much, and then there's so much greed. See, if we could have actually all the technology and from the Wright brothers all the way down to whatever, you know, if we were able to, to share, but it's too much, we got to make a buck. It's all Madison Avenue. We all got to make a dollar, you know, and, and we're never going to be satisfied. You know, iPhone 14, iPhone 15, iPhone 26, you know, and it just keep feeding it to us and feeding it to us to where, you know, when the bottom falls out, I can't, and I hate to say this, I can't wait till the satellites fall out of the sky. I can't wait to, because I'm ready. Mm-hmm. We're ready. We're getting prepared. I don't want to say doomsday prepper, but I don't know. Um, it goes back to my mental illness, you know. I mean, part of part of being a little bit schizophrenic and, you're a little paranoid. You're getting a little paranoid and a little yeah. PTSD kind of, you know, I learned to work with my highs and lows, you know. Uh, and like I said, you know, when I'm about, like a guy flipped us off yesterday. We're driving <laughs> and we didn't even do, we're in a slow lane. We're behind the, the big truck. We're doing 65. We're just cruising uh, along. Interstate. We were on Highway 30 going to Clinton, you know. Okay. And uh, after work, you know, it's about 5, 530. So there's a nice little gap between the semi-truck and us. And like I said, we're in the slow lane. This guy just comes out of nowhere, jumps in front of us, okay, and then jumps back in the other fast lane, flips us off, and takes off, you know. Now, mind you, now I say I'm a real guy, but I, you know, I was like, and I was about to, I said, man, I'm going to follow this. This is what's going on in my head. This is the mental illness. This is going on in my head. The two, the guy on this side and the guy on this side, Yeah, he's telling me, follow that prick. Yeah. See where, you know, and, and, and confrontate, yeah. you know. But then over here, because I've been, I've been uh, strengthening and strategically trying to go through this fucking world, excuse me, I said, nah, man, let it go. That dude's having a bad day. Yep. I, that's... That's what I've been tapping into a lot lately. Tap into that right there. Yeah. I see he's late for work. Yeah. You know, I, I, I give him, I, I lose to win. I lose to win. I yeah. do it every day. You know, now I will tell you about yourself. You know, I had to tell a couple people today, you know, I'll be good to you. But, you know, six feet, six feet. <laughs> you know, you know, just sometimes people try to play you. Yeah. You know, take uh, advantage of you. Take advantage of you, you know. I mean, 
So, so where do we go from here, man? How much time do we been? You know, what's what's up? We got a little bit of time left uh, before uh, we should probably wrap up here. Um, but yeah, and I'm trying to think of anything else I wanted to ask you. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, I think you might be prepared for this one. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, I was told to ask you a specific question about a particular author. <laughs> Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Uh, I never read too much of her stuff. Uh, she was a. She was to. Be- <laughs> uh, Maya Angelou. She. Her crew came to town, and uh, they were eating dinner at a at a buffet. I think it was Ryan Steakhouse or one of them back in the day. Okay, and uh, you know I'm busting tables and serving drinks, and uh, I looked over and I'm like, "Whoa!" The whole round table was there. They were her and you know whatever, and uh, the squad, yeah, yeah. They were just sitting back talking, eating fried chicken and shit. That girl can eat too. My <laughs> boy, God bless her, rest in heaven. But I seen her put away about three plates. <laughs> she can eat. <laughs> And uh, this young cat, you know, was working there, and, uh, you know, he always came in to work talking about, you know, that he was a college kid, he was a writer, this, that, and the other, you know, like, so I turned him on to her, you know, but uh, that's all I got to say about that, you know, I mean, I she, she was really there, uh, you know, I didn't conversate too much with her, but I did see her put away about eight pieces of chicken. <laughs> Dude, smashing chicken. She was look. I was like, I said, man, she must need a stunt double or something. <laughs> I mean, because I was like, wow, where is this going? I mean, she's that. She wasn't very big. No, but I seen. Look, I don't know. I seen a couple of her. Uh, what do you call them? Her handlers or publicists or whatever. They was all there. I don't know. They just came agents from or whatever. Agents yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But you know. But yeah, she was just kicking back, you know, and enjoying herself at a buffet and she was letting it all hang out, you know, and I seen her and, uh, I introduced her to, uh, one of our fellow comics when he was, uh, when he was young and raw and, uh, you know, the one who told me to ask you this question, ask this question. Who's this? You don't know, you don't know who told me to ask this question. I'm telling you the story about the guy right now. Okay, so it's the same guy. Okay. Hyphen, hyphen. We we'll call him hyphen. We'll call him hyphen man. Hyphen yeah. man. He's this, gonna he's gonna be on the show, man. I love that guy. Right on. He, you know, yeah. it was him who got me all he's started. He's got him. He's got a good head on his shoulders, man. Oh yeah. yeah. He he. I seen him. Uh, I don't know. It was at a gas station or something. You know, many couple years after we were kids working at this restaurant. And he goes, hey, man, you know, I've been doing this stand-up stuff, you know, and, you know, they're having an open mic. Uh, you come on out. And I'm like, really? So this is, okay, I've been doing it for less than a year, but this happened about six years ago. Okay. Uh, he was hosting, uh, I met him and James Draper at the old, uh, oh, what's the name of that bar? Uh, the Backroom Comedy Club. On this used to be those stickmans. It was a comedy club. I've heard of it, yeah. And uh so I started going there a couple of nights and it started out as like I said, therapy. You know, I was I was kind of in a weird place at the time and So you, you know, dipped your toes in a few years I back. I dipped in my toes in and then it kinda got out of it, you know, I'm working, I don't got time for this yeah. or whatever. And then, you know, pandemic happens and everything and 
But he caught the bug a little bit, though. Yeah. Well, I seen him again at another gas station. Same guy. Same guy. And he goes, hey, man, you know, I'm hosting a show, open mic night, you know, Gypsy Highway. Come on up. I was like, hey, cool. And that's how it all started. It was post-pandemic a little bit, you know. And Was your first mic Gypsy Highway? Yeah. That was oh. my first. Well, the Backroom Comedy Club. Oh, that yeah. That was a very six yeah. year, technically. Yeah. But then... Like, like I said, less than a year ago, and I've been hit the hit the ground running. You know, yeah. They start talking about broken saddle, and then meeting these guys, start meeting everybody, and started start feeling good to me. You know, and the Renwick, I love that place. Oh yeah, man, that's just you know. And then you know, hitting Dubuque a couple of times, just it just kind of. Oh yeah, Dubuque's great. It's a great you know, and you guys are a lot of great great people. You know, I mean, uh, I got a question for you. Okay. All right. Uh, I've been doing this for, you know, like I said, less than a year or whatever, but I'm kind of seasoned and trying to be funny and making people laugh and juggling and stuff, you know, Yeah. back in the day when we were kids. So it's always been in me. You know, that's what, that's another thing that's helped me to survive, uh, you know, tragedies and heartbreak and heartache. You and, seem like more of a, I mean, not just a stand up, but a performer at, at heart. Yeah. <sighs> What I see you as. That's all I needed to know, man. That's what I do. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm I'm trying to entertain. Yes. I want to entertain everybody, you know. Yeah. I want them to, hey, remember that guy, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it all, and I was sitting back trying to write stuff, and I'm thinking about things. I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? There's so much. Yeah. You know, and I said, ah, make fun of yourself. Mm, I do that. You know, one of my favorite things to do. That's the best. You know, <laughs> yeah. when I my signature song, "Soggy Bottom Boys." You know, I'm like, I'm admitting that I have a small penis. You know, it's <laughs> like, what did he just say? You know, and so and I'm like, started taking it a step further. I put on the dress. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to oh, entertain. Yeah, you were you know? all out that night. That was great. I know. So that's what I, you know, that's Colin. That's what helps me every day, man, to keep going. You know, I mean, work is stressful. You know. I mean, after the after the disasters and 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 people just suffering, you know, I was out there, you know, I wasn't a first responder, but I was taking food and diapers to people and places that, you know, I didn't even know existed in this in these four counties, you know, and I seen some of the despair, you know, um, that's the that's the last thing I'm going to tell you, man. What, you know, um, well, you were going to ask me something. Though. Oh, yeah. You already answered it. You know, you. I was going to ask you about how am I part of this thing, this comedy thing? Where 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 do I stand? I mean, am I the? And you said I'm an entertainer. And you're the hype man. I'm hype man. I like to get them going. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. That's all I wanted to know, man. You know, Uncle Cletus. You know, off stage, up close and personal. I hope none of my coworkers are watching this or get a hand a hold of this. Get a hold of this. But I this is real good, man. I really appreciate it. I really, you know Yeah, man. It was a good time. Did we get a, did you get a picture too? I yeah, I got a little bit more. Okay. Yeah, right on. Well yeah, that's that's cool, man. Like I said, I, I was a little erratic. I do apologize. I wish it was more structured, but No, that's that's not a podcast if it's structured, man. Okay, that's a, right on. that's right. how I don't like to do anything scripted. I just have a conversation, man. Well, for sure. You know, not like script, but, you know, more stay on the line of yeah. the mental illness and the overthinking things, you know. I'm just talking about life, man. And right. Like, life is stressful. That's cool. Yeah, it is. And like I said, I'm going to give it all I got. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> to give it all I got. 
you know, we worked hard today, both of us. You know, you probably worked today too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. But we're going to go party tonight. (laughs) We probably stay, you know, we live out in, you know, Clinton County, so we got that little ride, little drive. But I think we're going to stay in town tonight, maybe get some food. And, you know, we like to, uh, we. uh, I don't think there's any shows tonight, unfortunately. Yeah. um, There's been. Like next week there is Wednesdays next and Thursdays be killing me. I'm like, if I lived in town, I'd I'd go and support more, you know, or perform or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. But driving, you know, sucks. <laughs> do you work? Do you work in Davenport? Yeah, I work in Davenport. We live in Clinton County, you know. Clinton County, out in the sticks. Out in the sticks. Yeah, it's it's a whole other world. You, I mean, for me, you know, living in the metropolitan quad cities, you know, so. But I think you do an awesome job, man. I mean, you, you know, once I I couldn't make it to the first show at the Stardust, but we was definitely going to be at the second one and the third one, and you know, yeah. And I'm going to take a little break only for a couple reasons for for uh, just to build the hype back up a little oh, yeah, bit, right? And also just because the holidays and my work schedule and right, you know. Also, I want to be able to uh, learn. I just want to do mics and I just want to be on other people's shows. I was like, it's stressful, man. Hosting your own show, man. Yeah. I need to take a break. (laughs) It's all good. You know, I mean, you know, uncle Cletus is always available to, you know, you know, do some things and support you in any aspect, any, you know, way you need me to introduce some people, you know, I mean, you know, whatever, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get on. Yeah. If you'll, if you'll be there, we'll, uh, we can make something happen, man. Don't worry about that. Yeah. You know, it's like I said, you know, these, um, doing this 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 uh entertainment this comedy thing you know I don't want to be famous but I just want to I just want to at the end of the day make somebody laugh you know mm-hmm. make somebody think you know enlighten somebody's day you know that's what it's all about so um that's what's helping me with what uh not crying in the corner and drinking and and, and doing some drugs and some partying like a rock star, you know, that, that I have to say that saved, saved me, you know, uh, being able to just feel somebody feel something, you know, I'm like, I said, I look in the mirror, man, in the morning. I mean, I, 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 I'm not, I don't want to come off sounding like, you know, I'm, I'm all, got all I got it all figured out, out yeah, you yeah. know, cause I don't, no one does. So, but I, I put on a good, I put on a good effort. Yeah. You know. That's what it's about. So, moving forward. You know, moving forward. That's what it's all about, you know. Uh, I've heard a lot of, I've had a lot of friends tell me, you know, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. Right. I always look at the world in general as half full. Yep. It's all half full, man, you know. Uh, get in tap with your higher power, man. I mean, and that could be right here in yourself. And I'm working on that, too. I mean, I'm. I grew up. I grew up in a religious family. I grew up Catholic and, you know, going to church, altar boy, all that right, stuff. Right. Um, everybody hears altar boy and they're like, oh, what happened? Nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everything was fine at my church. Right. Everything was good there. And uh, I learned a lot, man. And uh, I have a lot of respect for the church. And I've slowly been going back a little bit. And, you know, I befriended uh, a, pr- a priest that's actually my age. And, which is rare because I grew up, you know, all the priests were like 67 years old. And, right, right. And, um, yeah, I'm going to get him on here, man. He said he said he's willing to do the podcast. But with him, it's like, man, what do I? 
you know, sometimes I struggle with, you know, like an hour. What am I going to talk to? There's so many questions I yeah, ask this. Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that one I'm that one I'm going to have to plan out a little bit more than others because. And also, I don't want to get him in trouble. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. He, he's talking about some stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or talking about before he was a priest. Right, you know? right. So, he wasn't always a priest. So, But yeah, I, you know, we don't, I haven't been to church in a while. Um, but I take what I learned there to oh, for, yeah. for my survival skills. Because, you know, and I'm going to be real with you, man. We're, we're, we're living in the, in the end, end times, as they always said, you know, and. In the good book, we're living in the end times, wars and rumors of wars, and people are, you know, the flesh. You know, everybody's into flesh. But, um, you know, I'm trying to live off the grid. And that's that's my plan. We've been planning on just being prepared for Because the pandemic was, I won't say, I won't, in general, it was scary. The oh, beginning yeah. of the pandemic. I mean, I mean, so I was in North Carolina. I was on vacation. When I was in Hawaii. All right. So, you know, we were, yeah. you know, and when just to like, bam, to actually be there when you go in the store, there's no toilet paper, you know, I mean, there's, there's no water and everything's all weird, you know, and, um, you know, it was tough. It, it, it still is tough, you know, but I've always been, um, not that I was shocked. I was shocked, but I wasn't not prepared, you know, because, you know, growing up in the 70s, we, you know, and they always say history repeats itself. 70s was, was some bad times, man. It was for economy and everything and war. It mm-hmm. just seems like, you know, it just all got upgraded to the 2020s because the 70s was a bad time. I mean, gas embargoes hostages in Iran, all the military guys, all the army uh, guys are coming back, all hooked on heroin. I mean, there were so many drugs going around and right after the hippie movement, you know, and then it's just so much to attain. And I always wonder how the kids, our generation now, I mean, it's unheard of a school shooting. What? Somebody, you know, and it just, people are feeding off that in a negative way. You know, like you're saying, you're on Twitter and then things, and you was talking, you know, reckless a little bit or whatever. Everybody's feeding into that. The kids are all feeding into that, you know. I mean. Yeah, the more ridiculous, the more views you're going to get. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and people are just sucked into it, you know, doing all kind of weird challenges of eating soap and shit like that. You know, that's. Yeah. You know, that's that's our future, you know. I mean, back when I was growing up, you know, and the younger kids, I was like, you know, you better go somewhere, little kid. But I won't say nothing to a kid no more unless they're my own. Because kids got guns. <laughs> I mean, really, though. Yeah. You know, and it just, it blows my mind. So And all the car, all the, the car thefts and Davenport, those were all kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, I could just, you know, like I said, I, I consider myself a local and, uh, you know, I never really had too much issues. I mean, being a black man in America in the Midwestern town, I, I I look at myself and I've always categorized myself. And I think everybody around me has just looked at me as a fellow man, a fellow human being. 
Yeah. Because I've been blessed, dude. I racism and all that. With a little short stint in seventh in uh in the seventies when we're going to third and fourth grade when we're just you know having to deal with these things. I mean, singing all these jump down, turn around, pick a bell of cotton. I mean, we actually had to sing that. Yeah. I mean, it was like, oh, they're they're standards, they're classics. I'm like, so that affected me. Not yeah. that I can even still remember that. Yeah. But it didn't make me bitter. It didn't make me bad. I used that to like. That's part of my comedy now. That's part of Uncle Cletus. I done took some of that old Southern stuff from back then yeah, and incorporated it into a character. And that character kind of, he he takes me somewhere else, you know, to where there's no pain. Mm-hmm. There's no grief. There's no, I'm not wondering about how I'm going to get gas and, you know. I just go somewhere else. And that's how Robert Terrell James, also known as Uncle Cletus, deals with his mental illness is that I am silly and I take characters from my past, bad situations, and poof, there you go. Turn them into fun. Turn them into fun. That's a good way to end it, man. And we're right at time, so I appreciate it, man. No problem. Anytime. It was awesome.